and welcome back to the Humbling Reality Podcast. I'm your host, Haley. And I'm Meredith. And today we're going to be talking about the double-sided sword of college, what we gained most and what we regret most. Uh, If we have any regrets, I guess. Yeah, we kind of talked about it in the last episode a little bit, but it might be a deeper dive into, into that or it might be quite repetitive. We'll see. All right, I'll go first. Um, something I gained was definitely perspective because, I mean, Haley, you kind of said it last episode, just being really naive. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So I think college kind of like forced me to have experiences that gave me perspective. I really don't know how like to describe it when I was like thinking about this and taking notes. I literally just wrote that like you develop more critical thinking skills. I think because when you grow up, specifically for us, we were in... Well, I was in the same school, kindergarten to 12th grade. When did you come to the school? Was it like fifth grade? Fourth. Fourth. Fourth grade. But we were still in the same like classes and whatnot with the same people. Mm-hmm. So like we were in the same environment for eight, at least eight years. Yeah. You, you were there for eight yeah, years. Yeah, for the most part. And we don't say that like... Oh my god, everyone, like, or so many people experience, like, being in their hometown for, whatever, 13 years. We literally, I had 89 in my graduating class. So, like, we were all, we all knew each other very well, and it was all, like, the same, you know, people. So, I think, obviously, I went to a bigger school, and Haley, maybe you can kind of speak on going to a smaller school, but, like, I was around new people, and just in general, when I think you're around new people... Mm-hmm. you gain a lot of perspective like because you just you have these new experiences and you witness people dealing with I'm being like very ambiguous but the transition to college is obviously like really hard so you witness like other people going through that and people who you don't know so well who have a different background from you so I think that is part of how you develop these really critical thinking skills and also just a sense of empathy and compassion for people because college really is so it can be really hard for people so you know you're going through the same thing but people are experiencing it a little bit differently or like Mm -hmm. reacting it to it differently so I think you can develop empathy and compassion that way and then another thing I developed perspective on was literally how society works like and that's a big part of like being so naive but also being really privileged is like I didn't know how a lot of systems worked which is like really ignorant to say and i wish i could be more specific but i guess like just society yeah like i guess here's a a basic answer but like or an example like people who have to like work multiple jobs to pay for school that was my experience so it was like you see that in the movies but like the movies sometimes do depict stuff that happens in real life and it was like i wasn't experiencing that but i was like seeing that and i was like being like oh shit i'm really privileged and also like developing greater empathy for people i can agree with that i definitely interesting interesting is that all you have for your game well why do you think it's interesting i'm curious no so okay i said society because i was a sociology major so i was trying to use your degree yeah (laughs) exactly the only time i can and it's interesting because i took this one class and i don't know if i've mentioned it but hopefully not because i'm trying to get something new for y'all it was after trump was elected 
Oh, years after, actually, because it was definitely my junior year, I think, first semester. It was called, like, Trump in America or something. Don't ask me what exactly the name of it was. But I remember in the class, um, we were reading books about, like, the politics of resentment. There was this one book. Oh, Oh, I have them. No, I'm not getting them. Um, One was called The Politics of Resentment. There were others that uh, the age of Reagan was one of them, like Ronald Reagan. And I read these books and I was like, you expect me to feel bad for these people? Because uh, we also read about like the the Tea Party, mm-hmm. not the Boston Tea Party. Y'all know. If y'all know, you know. And it was just a lot of kids in the class, like we all clearly had very similar viewpoints, like politically. Um, and so a lot of people were just like, but they're just wrong. Like, these are just not facts. Uh, I remember there was a, I can't remember which book it was in, but one of the books was about, they lived in like rural, some rural area and their major concerns were like basically climate based, but they lived in very red states. So the politicians would really try to be like, oh, the reason we can't help is because nationally, like, we don't have power. So, like, we could address climate. We could address this. But we, like, we don't have the power. Like, you need to vote for us. Or, like, this is what we will do to help you because in in these ways. And maybe maybe it's true, but I still think it's manipulative. Continue, though. And at the same time, there were a number of people who... They would live, like, near a lake or something and or a place where their main water source could or should be, like, that body of water. But they'd be like, there's oil spilling in... Like Flint, Michigan kind of thing? Yes, but just not Flint, Michigan. Okay, okay. And they'd be like, oh, but, well, the water's, like, poisonous. So can we address that? And they'd kind of... The politicians in the area or the people would kind of gaslight them into thinking they would address it even though i'm sure y'all had years to do it but whatever in general and so it was just this constant battle of like them understanding like what was wrong and thinking like oh nothing's ever been done about it but we're gonna still vote republican because at the end of the day maybe our biggest concern is like religion like abortion or I don't like guns or something. And they were like, we know that our house may be disintegrated in 12 years, but that's, but God's plan. that's the cost of things. <laughs> Sorry. It was not. And to us, it like to the kids in the class, it didn't make any sense. Who's them? Was, were there people advocating for the other side or was this what you were reading? This was just what we were reading. Okay. Gotcha. I this was you were, okay. like anthropologists. Uh, okay. They weren't af- actually anthropologists all the time, but going in people like studying communities or talking to people in communities. Okay. Gotcha. And then just relaying this information. The tea party was worse. I don't them, but no one, I, I realized in the class, like everyone was pushing back so much on like their ways of thinking. And eventually I got to a point where I was like, huh? Oh, I remember exactly what happened. I was in the writing center because I was struggling to write our final paper Because we had to be objective, and that's one thing that none of us were. Yeah. So you had to, you couldn't act as if you hated these people or like you drastically thought they were like just dumb. So you had to, you know, kind of be neutral or not neutral, but at least objective. And um, I went to the writing center trying to get help because I was struggling to write the paper in the first place. 
And she just looked at me. She was like, yeah, you don't agree with this, do you? <laughs> You're like, <laughs> and it was so funny because I thought I was as objective as possible. Oh, no. In the writing. And I was like, you could tell. Really? And she was like, yeah. So do you see how you wrote this statement? It clearly suggests that you think what they're saying is dumb. Well, it is. Oh, my God. That's so ironic. No way. And so I think just after that, I wrote my final paper and I tried to be way more objective. I ended up doing pretty well in the paper, so I guess it worked out. But after, okay, years later, like after I basically graduated college, I kind of started to, (laughs) I started to realize that like a lot of our empathy we give to things that like we understand. Yes. Yeah. So, um, keep going. That's why I, I was catapulting off of your empathy thing um a lot of times we're like oh you know we think in only things that we agree with so we only are able to understand and then give empathy to things that we like resonate with Mm, okay and i don't love that because i came back home and anytime listen okay i am not a trump fan was never a supporter with that being said there was, there's always so many conversations about like, oh, these people, they're just stupid. And I was like, okay, actually now after reading those books, I realized that if I was in that environment where all I'm told or all I hear on the radio, all I see on TV, cause that's what my parents put on is Fox news, um, OAN or whatever the hell that thing is. And I listen to like Tucker Carlson on the radio and my politicians are telling me all this stuff, I too probably would be of that mindset where, yes, like, Trump yes. is my god. Like, yes, yes. That's As how a- cults start. And I'm not saying, listen, whatever. Everyone's entitled to their own opinion. But, um, I mean, it's not completely out of the realm of possibility. So I think over time, like, through college, it just reshaped uh, this idea that, like... I think it's more of like I always thought my way was my way or the highway, a hundred percent correct. But not just that it was correct. That if you didn't believe it, there was something that you weren't doing actively to correct it. Can yes. you repeat that or elaborate? No, can't repeat it. Barely okay. remember what I said. But <laughs> okay. I also remember I took a black studies course, and this will expand on it, I guess. And it was a there was a number of I think it took place in like Alabama, somewhere in the south. I'm not going to assume. Arkansas, Alabama, somewhere in the South. And it was about the school system there and how the kids, like, in high school, in poor neighborhoods, like, a lot of kids wouldn't finish school and blah, blah, blah. But when they went to school, they would learn specific things. But it was about, like, the Civil War, like, the Civil War being, like, states' rights and all this other stuff. And I was like, damn, that is not the curriculum up here that we learn. I have a horrifying fact for you. Continue what you're saying. Oh, and then I'll, and then I'll I'm sure you. it's, I'm sure it's not actually that horrifying to me. It's, it's probably it's just sad. Yeah, I'm sure it's sad. Uh, life is sad. But um, I just, I think after reading just like everything, I realized that you, you really are a huge product of your environment. And I think people, yes, people are unwilling to really see the impacts of like what your environment has on you. And everyone thinks, oh, even if I grew up in 
Arkansas, I still would have these beliefs. And it's like, mm, no. you do not know that yeah. because you never grew up there. You didn't experience that. And so I think now after leaving college, I try my best not to make those like projections like that because I don't know. And I can't really blame. Now, listen, I will blame a lot of the politicians because they do know better. They're doing it for money and for fame and power, power and control for various different reasons. So all the people that make money and live good lives like they know what they're doing and they they know better they're doing it for like economic reasons but people who they influence and who they are speaking to like young impressionable kids that have grown up in environments where like their dad was a huge reagan fan and they have civil war like the confederate flag outside their house listen i ain't got nothing to say because i didn't grow up in that environment my parents we pro-black. We talk about black figures. We talk about slavery. We we address everything. How can I compete? Like compare myself to Jonathan, who grew up in rural Georgia. Like yeah. it just—it's not the same. It's a different world, yeah. And so, yeah, I think I think even in college, like in that class and everything, people were so like we were very judgmental and very dismissive of other people's experiences. And I try not to do that anymore. Also, the internet. I'm sorry, y'all. The internet is very catered to where you're from. Like, sorry. But if the you do a Google search like, yeah. in rural Georgia about the Ku Klux Klan, babes, you're not getting the articles that you get up here. So mm-hmm. let's be fair. And social media is also very different depending on your area. Like, you'll get different things on your For You page, babe. Okay? Yeah. So yeah. I'm just saying it's not that. How do you think all those people got, like, Andrew Tate on their for you page they probably are in a oppressive state okay sorry <laughs> that's enough andrew tate slander he's been banned <laughs> no, from literally every it's not platform. enough it's not enough <laughs> um i think so yeah no i think you i think a lot of what you said was hitting the nail on the head i think just to echo it's hard to have real empathy for people who you like I guess like fundamentally fundamentally don't agree with but also like whose experiences you cannot relate to at all I agree I think maybe this is the difference between or what depend it depends on your definition of empathy I really don't like when people say they're empathetic but then they don't have empathy for people they don't agree with because or people that they can't exactly understand their situation I think it's one thing to empathize with someone because you understand and you feel for like their perspective. And it's another thing to just empathize with the fact that someone faced something like, okay, how about this? When people say reverse racism exists, realistically, like based on a structural situation, no, no, don't. But once again, if I grew up in rural Georgia and someone was like, and someone called me some name or whatever. And all I knew was typically, like, white people and this this certain, like, structured environment. Everything really catered to me and white people. I, too, would probably be like, shit, is this discrimination? Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. So how can I... Listen, if you don't read books because the education system down south don't be teaching you about black people except for the enslaved part... That's so, the fact I'm going to tell you about in a second. Yeah, it's just, it's it's really hard to fully blame certain people who grew up in an environment that 
literally was to breed them to be honestly like to be racist and then also think that people are that like minorities are like racist to them and that they need to fight for themselves and all this shit like a especially if you go to atlanta you're like there's so many black people what we're being pushed out like it doesn't make sense to us because we didn't grow up like that but that's the reality we didn't grow up like that but i just don't think you should i feel like you can have empathy and be like yo i understand like where you're coming from because that's your experience in life just systemically it just doesn't exactly add up to that it is it can you can deem it to be determination uh nope discrimination and like that's how it felt to you because of how you've grown up but there's no power that they necessarily had over you you still ultimately had the power but no one wants to like explain it like that because i think that was very well spoken Thank you. Okay, so can I get to my fun facts so that we can kind of yeah. under... We're going to... It, it's going to lead to understanding... What is your fun fact? It's going to lead to understanding your point more or like okay. kind of proving your point more. Go ahead. What's the fact? I can't even... You got it. I know. I'm trying <laughs> to like articulate it. I might, I might jump around, but honestly, that's me as a storyteller as I it's jump okay. around a lot. It's okay. So Texas is obviously a huge state. <laughs> Would you agree with yes. that? Yes. So I don't know the numbers of the of like how many students are enrolled in texas Mm -hmm. but it's a lot it's a big state definitely other states around the country so not just the south around the country Mm -hmm. follow texas's curriculum choices for history so texas picks and chooses just as massachusetts does picks and chooses what textbooks they want to give to their students and because I would imagine this is a motivating factor. I have something to say on this. Okay. Please continue. (laughs) Because they have so many students. And like ideally, you know, you want everyone in the country to be learning the same information. So, so many other states buy the same books or curriculum that Texas does. And I, I think this goes both ways. Texas, we know, is a very red state. Massachusetts is a very blue state. So... It's, I just don't understand why it would ever be okay to be like, yes, that is a good choice. We are definitely teaching our children unbiased history. Now I'm aware that there's no such thing as like unbiased history. But you could be providing facts on both sides more than, you know, there's a spectrum to being like providing facts from both sides kind of thing. And I, I haven't I mean, read the curriculum. Facts but like, are literally just facts. Like I don't know how we've come up with this, but like different facts, but history. Like it, Texas wants to like literally not talk about slavery and like just be yeah. like make their children so oblivious to that and like ignorant and the fact that other states like follow that. Again, I haven't read the curriculum, but no, my friend is from Texas and she went to like public high school there, and she was she came she went to Amherst and she was like. Yeah, we ain't read. We ain't. We did not learn what y'all learned up here. Okay. We did not like what. She she was like, yeah, no, it was very like states rightsy and all that. Basically, taking the okay narrative out of it. It's fine. She she was just like, yeah, our school wasn't it. But glad the, I'm here now, though. This is what I the, the reason I wanted to bring up the fact is because to your point, like there is a correlation between red states and states that do not have great education and part of that is who they follow and or like what curriculum they follow and like who's allowed to pick the curriculum and 
I guess that's all I'll say on that because I, I have my own personal opinions, but I just wanted to, to throw that fact out there and make people aware that... um, I'm not surprised. <laughs> I'm going to say one thing. There's a book... 1984. No. <laughs> well, this is the other, another book. <laughs> it's called Women of Massive Resistance, or at least I think that's what it's called. If I'm wrong, I'm sorry. I'll correct myself next time. But I have it. I just don't want to run and get it. Um... I would recommend, like, everyone reads the book, but basically it kind of details how, like, white women during the 1900s, like, the earlier part of the 1900s, and to the mid, on, no, until, like, 1970s, um, how they really had nothing to do, especially, like, when men were at war and when men were, like, working and they were staying at home. So they really latched on to, like, the kids and when the kids went to school, and uh, they basically basically like curated their curriculum. So a lot of white women mm. decided what went into southern, not just southern states, but northern states curriculum. And a lot of these white women were not the most; they were kind of racist. So a lot of the books that you see, and honestly, the curriculum doesn't change that often. Like some of those books are from two thousand three. Yeah, no. So. Or even later. They, like, they stop at 9-11. Yeah. Like, if, they, they weren't written recently. Yeah. Not, or not that many of them were written recently. So, you can thank a lot of white women for that. And th- that's a lot of racist white women for that, I'll say. Because they got very invested. Same with the busing situation. Even in Boston. So, don't think it's like, oh, northern states. Were, no, right. No, no, no. No, there's still problems. Yeah. Um. They really had their hands in that because they couldn't control much else of what was happening, like, in the world. They weren't really allowed in the workforce until the war. Uh, And then after the war, they were like, bye-bye, the men are back. So they really had to take out their kind of frustration and just all their energy on something. So they took it to, like, schools and controlling school environments, controlling segregation and everything. So... I'm not surprised about the the Texas being the one that picks because I don't really think those books were, would be very different even now because I'm sure white women still control the narrative anyway. Um, racist white women probably still write those I think books. It, so. I just I think it's men, but yes, yes, still racist oh, white people. But, it's racist white men now. Oh they yeah, because they came over. back for more. Yeah, <laughs> they took back over. But whatever. based on what I saw in that class, yeah. It was Actually, yeah, no, they probably took over the the curriculum part, and women took over the like day to day, like yeah. who gets to sit next to Billy in school, yeah. and why can it not be Jamal? Like, yeah, okay, thank you, thank you, ma'am, Patty. They're just too much time on y'all's hands. That's all I gotta say. But the only reason I brought that up. I don't know why I brought that up. <laughs> I don't know. We went on a, quite a tangent. But no, because oh, you mentioned was... the the Texas curriculum oh, yeah. thing. Yeah. But I think all of it's relevant. But once again, I mean, those people, everyone's lied to by politicians, y'all. Okay. That's... We're also lied to by the, we're, our textbooks. We're lied to by a lot of things. Yeah. Even in college. You didn't know that you had to take this class to graduate, but we put it in the smallest print on the back side of the paper. Oh, some of the books that you read and, like, some of, uh, I don't know. I feel like I read way too many, like, white perspectives. Yes. White male perspectives. Yes. Even in, like, sociology classes, which you would expect mm. would be that, yeah, that's better. I, uh, like, the core sociology classes, because we had certain ones that we had to take. I was like, no offense to Durkheim. 
and Karl Marx, but um, I think there are people of color that also, I don't know, were sociologists. That's just my opinion, and it's a fact, because I know some of them, not personally, but I've read some of their books, so why can't we read those? Hmm. Because they really, and Tocqueville, I was like, oh my god, all foreign people. Yes, they had a lot to say, great things to say, and they did kind of, they did contribute a lot to like the sociological perspective and just what the field in general, Mm -hmm. but so did other people. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you know, I'm the only person that we read that was um, W.E.B. Du Bois. Du Bois? Doesn't matter. W.E.B the homie um <laughs> we read him but the reason we read him it, it was a change in curriculum we usually read another white person but they changed it because of the black lives matter uh or and you know 2020 it was i took it 2020 fall mm, no that 20 kind of makes sense 2020 fall and it was in the middle of the protests and everything yeah i was gonna say it makes sense that they because in the spring it wasn't as it was Big. right. It was right then, yeah. cause COVID was. Um, mm. No, I was a liar. Twenty twenty one, fall. I don't know why I said no. What yeah. year is it? Twenty twenty fall. I was correct. Oh my God. I was correct. Twenty twenty like, fall. It was spring because twenty twenty fall because COVID. Yeah, because COVID was happening. So it was twenty twenty fall my yeah. last year. Yep. And me personally didn't need that, but whatever. This is a long diversion. So, Haley, we talked a little bit about what you gained from college. Mm -hmm. What do you regret or do you not have any regrets? Elaborate. Okay, so I feel like I talk in doing the other episodes, I definitely shed light on my regrets. So, I don't want to repeat myself. Repeat for the fans who are listening for the first time. Oh. Summarize it for us. Make many friends from different circles if you can. Uh, you don't want to just get hold into something. You live, you might live with these people. You might o- only hang out with certain people. And trust me, if you have a falling out, it ain't going to be looking great for you. So find other people that you can like find comfort in and have a support system outside of maybe your main group or like have multiple different main groups, whatever. Also, join more clubs. Hey, live your life. I'm serious. Live your life. Live your life, kids. Because... <laughs> Honestly, after these four years, after those four years, you're not, you're not going to have those opportunities again. You're not going to be able to just join a club for fun because you're going to have to worry about like time management. Does it fit into my schedule? Mm-hmm. Oh, I can't make it this day because I have a meeting, blah, blah, blah. Focus <laughs> on this time and just do what you want to do because you're not going to be able to say again in the future. Well, not without like certain responsibilities and right, certain constrictions yeah. exactly i feel like i didn't take as many opportunities as i would have liked to in college also try new things the time is now yeah. and i i mean that across the board like new foods new a if you want to learn a language now it's time y'all have a lot of free time let's be for real yeah unless you're on a sports team yeah and you're like a d1 athlete babes you have time i know you do i know you do so Use your time. Not it doesn't always have to be wise. You can take a nap. I don't care. But if you have time to try different, a like, try different cuisines, be exposed to different cultures, talk to different people. Sure, I would say network, but you'll have time to network in the future. Don't 
always think in terms of networking. You know, if you get the opportunity to like, you know, your professor is like, hey, you know, I have this uh, opening as, um, I don't know, you could be a TA if you want to be a TA, whatever, take that opportunity. It could be fun. You don't have to enjoy everything. You can learn to see like what you might want to do if you enjoy it, if you don't, who knows? Or they might let you do research for them. Hey, you might not even care 100% about the research, but it's an opportunity. Yeah, it's a learning experience. Take those opportunities. A lot of those opportunities pay too. So I'm telling you, take them. Take them. If if your college has an opportunity to give you stipends for you to do unpaid internships that you really want to do, take the stipend, babe. Mm. Take it. Because it's not like when you come out into the real world, they're going to give you a stipend to work for them. They'll be like, it's just an unpaid internship. That's it. Which we're going to get into a little bit later on in this. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's an episode in itself, isn't it? <laughs> um, but just honestly, take advantage of all the opportunities. I used to think, wow, look at them. Full schedule. I wish I had a full schedule now. What was I doing? <laughs> Not me on YouTube. Like, yeah. come on. Yeah. You can, A, re- time to relax and everything. But outside of that, I wish I, I did more things because then... It's also like learning opportunities for you narrows down like where you might want to be. If you're a TA and you liked the teaching aspect, no, you can do it yourself. You can go into teaching if you didn't know what you wanted to do. You become a professor. I'm just saying. It leads you down different paths. Yeah, I was just going to say it opens up a lot of doors for you for sure. Especially if your college has money, babe. If your college has money, use the money. Please. Please. Because it's not, there's never going to be a time where you have access to as much like resources or as as much money. Because they will give you money if you're like, hey, I want to start this club. They're giving you money. That's never going to happen again in life. They're going to laugh you out the loan door, okay? The bank is going to be like, you want what? You want $1,000? They wouldn't even give you a penny, okay? <laughs> so take take advantage. That's all, Mara. Mine is like not as impactful. <laughs> oh, my gosh. But, <laughs> truthfully, my like... If I could go back, I literally, and I said this like a lot senior year, um, I just never did anything about it, partially because I did not have the funds for it. Fair. But downtown Amherst has a lot of, well, okay, people make it seem like there's a lot of food places to try in Amherst. There's like a handful. Let's be honest. There's like maybe eight or ten. It's not like, it's. I'm trying to do math now. It's like Antonio's Pasta y Basta. There was like a, um, like a sandwich place, which was like, okay. And then there was, um, there was like a Thai place. There was. Now girl, you ain't go to them restaurants. That's how I can tell. It's okay. You needed to go more. You did. I I can show you some places. So this is like, I kept being like, yeah, I want to try these places. The other thing is I don't like sushi. Which I feel like there are the a sushi few sushi restaurants places. trash. So oh, it's okay. amazing! But I feel like sorry, there are no few- offense. <laughs> it was okay. It was all right. <laughs> I think like I always wanted to try more places, but yeah, I didn't like have the funds. Do you like and ramen? also, I've had it once, and I had it like in the like one dollar cup. Okay, <laughs> Aya, it is because <laughs> that's a different experience. Yeah, like I want to try these places, but I was never like like first of all, I didn't have the funds. Like I keep saying, and I also didn't have the time. Like. We did not meet up in college. No, we went once, and guess where it was? Burger bagels. (laughs) A chain 
bagel restaurant. Like, come on, guys. It was the morning, so, like, I don't think we could have gone. Yeah. And we also, neither of us had cars. True. Yeah. You had to take a bus. Yeah. I, I, I don't know if i walked maybe or maybe but, i took the bus yeah the that that's just a big regret that i have is not trying a lot of food, food places this i say but like i don't know if i if i actually had the chance to do it again i don't know if i would exploring the area as much i am not an outdoorsy person like the idea of going on a hike no thank mm. you like i really have to be in a particular mood and i cannot tell you the last time i was in that mood where i'm, I'm like, not a hiker i don't like to hike. hike even like going on walks like i'm like Ooh, uh, i was a walker we i became walked to class but like i wouldn't Mer. walk around amherst or like i wouldn't walk around the lake like you didn't like walk the bike path oh it was behind amherst college though yeah so maybe it wasn't we like you'd have to drive over to and like park and then mm-hmm. walk and i was just like no i don't find that appealing um and also i think like i say it very um tentatively yes if i regret it like North Adams, Massachusetts is like the far um, northwest part of the state and it's supposed to be like beautiful. Just the Berkshires in general in the fall is supposed to be beautiful. And I was kind of like, like I even like during student teaching, I was like, oh, like I should go on a spa vacation. I do not have like a legit thousand dollars to drop on the spa. I didn't realize how expensive (laughs) and like desirable of an area it is. But even just, like, driving out there, it's, like, an hour and a half to do what? So I I just, like, never did it because I was, like, I'm not going to drive an hour and a half to, like, look at some nice trees. When, like, Amherst does have nice trees and stuff. Like, the Connecticut River is nice. So, like, I don't know. I, I said, like, I wish I kind of did more stuff in that area. But I had the opportunity and I was, like, mm. I didn't consider how umass since it's such a big campus how much people probably don't need to venture off of it yeah but we needed to it was not it was a nice campus but it wasn't an area where you could just stay on campus the whole time without being like i need to leave yeah now like kind of one of the selling not a selling point but like when you're on the tour and they're like oh can freshmen have cars or like yeah, but you don't need it. Because, first of all, they don't want every freshman bringing a car. Yeah, I'm sure. And second of all, you don't. Yeah. Like, the bus system's fine. Yeah, you didn't need a... We didn't need a car either, but... Like, if we needed to get somewhere faster than the bus, we would Uber. Yeah. Or you have a friend who has a car. Yeah, we didn't. Oh, okay. Well, I did, but she ain't know everybody, so... Mm. We were we were either taking the bus, which... Sometimes that bus ride, if you want to go all the way to the to the North, ends of the stops. Yeah, like Northampton. That was like a 45-minute yeah, bus ride. Yeah, you were on there for a long not, time. No, Uber. <laughs> Just Uber at that point. And Northampton, yeah. and too. Like, talking about food places, there were some food places I wish I'd try. Like, we went to – or just, like, experience this kind of thing. Like, for my friend's birthday, we went to a drag show in Northampton. Yeah, and I was like – wait I, i'm graduating in a month i'm never gonna come back here so it was kind of like oh i wish i knew about this sooner but at the same time yeah. i didn't have a fake and i wasn't 21 until like late i was i'm a, I'm a late baby so i don't know uh, it's just like yeah, one of the yeah. like maybe if it was in the fall like i would have made more of an effort to go but it was like a month before we graduated and i was like yeah i have it's tough a lot to do we didn't go to northampton all that much we ended up going more we went there was this coffee shop there that we really liked the ambiance she was cute mm. well we only started going junior year and then 
It was junior spring. Oh. So it was, we had two months it's a at the C coffee word. shop. And it was every, <laughs> it was, we went like every week. So we ended up going maybe like 10 times before we had to leave. Gotcha. But we would, oh, it was so nice. Such a great and great environment. And I wish we'd done it sooner. We did go to a lot of coffee shops in Amherst Center though. Mm, I don't drink coffee, so. And neither did because, I. Oh, I went for the vibe. Oh, yeah, I'm not. And a... also because my friends were going, <laughs> and I needed someone to hold me accountable to do work. Mm. Oh yeah, I never did work outside of the library, really. Uh the library is where I went if I needed to do work ASAP. If like if you... I need if I had two hours. Mm. Okay. My roommate Leanne can attest to this. I don't. I don't procrastinate. I like that is so good. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> I, I was going to say, say the same. <laughs> if you go to UMass, you should take your studies over to South College because there's a be- that that was my favorite place to study on campus for sure. It was like brick walls but I like kind of, of industrial. Place. It was it's not a hidden gem. I'm sorry okay. guys. Like like you <laughs> usually there's like one or two seats open. Like you can find a seat typically. Um but it's definitely not a hidden gem. Huh. I've never heard of it, but obviously I didn't go there, so... Um, I don't think I have any pictures. I just have, like, a video because I was like, oh, my God, I'm the only one in South College. And it was, like, 8 a.m. on a Sunday. Our <laughs> library like, was so... It was so... You know, when you... It was like walking into an office, like, a legitimate oh. office. It was so bright in there. You don't want to oh, walk into okay. some place and you're like, it's the dentist's office. <laughs> yeah. Like, relax on this lighting, these LED lights in my face. At 7.30 in the morning. Because if I needed to do something, it you was... You waited until the morning of? No, 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 no. Oh, I was like... After that came out of my mouth, I was like, wait, that's so judgmental. But it's just shocking to me. So, no. I, I Well, nothing was ever really due in the morning. So, I'd always do it. Okay. If it was... If I did procrastinate, it'd be done at night. And it'd be due at, like, midnight or something. Um, But I'd always do that in my room. Or if I was in the library still. Because, I mean, the library closed at, like, 1 or something. I don't yeah. remember. Okay. I don't remember. Um, if I was still in there that late, then I guess I'd do it. If I needed the lighting to be like, mm. hey, girl, finish You're it. not sleeping. You're finishing this. Exactly. <laughs> I don't... Uh, I think I procrastinated slightly less, like, as time went on. Uh, but I think this has a lot to do with my issue with, like, engagement and, like, the mm. difference between how I am with content or not content. With, uh, like, material that I find very interesting versus Ooh, the opposite. And how much yeah. I care about finishing yeah. assignments based on that. That's interesting. Yeah, I still don't know how I got into Amherst College. They were bamboozled by my GPA and my, <laughs> <laughs> my grades in high school. Because, I mean, I did well. Like, I did pretty cool in college. But I'm sure if I had always been engaged 100% with what I was, like, reading and stuff... Uh, I'm sure I would have been better and done better, but I was not. So, ha, oops. Well, you still made it on the other side and you're still able to give advice. Well, yeah, I was going to say, really say much. a lot of you people gain oh, versus regret kind of thing. We should probably wrap up the episode. All right. Well, thank you all for listening. Leave us a review and <laughs> be sure to let us know if you have any suggestions or a favorite 1984 quote. Oh my gosh. A favorite 1984 <laughs> quote. At this point, it really is becoming like our worship. 
<laughs> we have worship. We've book. only like we haven't like referred to it in these episodes. That, like we well like we referred to it because of the precedent that's been set, but not because of the content that we've talked about. True. All right. Okay. Bye, everyone. Thank Bye. you so much for listening. See you next time. Hopefully. See ya.